Welcome to the Victorian Parent Council VPC Parent Podcast Series. VPC is a registered charity organisation dedicated to everyone who support parents in educating their children. I'm Jackie Vanderveld, your host today. It's my great pleasure to welcome Amanda Lacorde, academic life coach and organising expert to the Victorian Parent Council's podcast series. Amanda, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me today. I um, am really keen to, I guess, talk to you and talk to parents out there about uh, what I do and how I help support uh, parents and students in particular um, through um, teaching organisation, time management and study skills. I currently do a lot of work uh, with schools as well as work individually with lots of students around our country now, not just actually even in Victoria. But um, I basically work from, with students from year seven through to, to year 12 and a mixture of um, neurotypical students as well as those with, with particular learning challenges as well. Thanks, Amanda. I think the first thing that springs to mind is really, you know, organisation and time management. So how do, we teach, how do we teach our young people? What can parents do to help their young person around those organisational and time management skills? I think one of the key things in particular is as, as parents, we are often busy and time poor. And I think one of the, the biggest challenges around that is we tend to often issue directions to our children. So as an example, we often go get home from, from work or, you know, at the end of the day and it's like you need to be at soccer training, you need to be here now at that time, you need to have this equipment with you and so forth. And instead of, um, that's all we do. We basically issue those instructions. And then all our children really are learning from that is to take directions. We want them to develop their own independence and we want them to have their own sense of time and responsibility and organisation. So one of the key fundamentals that parents can actually really do is just take a step back and talk to your children in a different way. And it takes a little bit of work, but it's certainly worth doing. Where do you need to be? What time do you need to be there? And what do you need to have with you? And some the simple little thing like that gets them thinking, gets them problem solving, and again, starts that sort of process around being organised and, and managing their time. It's not the be all and end all, but it's, it's, it's definitely worth a, a go. Have you got some hints and tips as to what can the way a parent could start approaching that? Because I know that with, um, especially with my children, I started uh, probably a little bit later than I should have because it was just easier for me to actually organise and do. And I know I knew that at the time I wasn't probably helping them at all very much. So I was a little bit later off the mark in getting them to do a lot of things. So what, uh, when's too early to start or <laughs> when should people, be, when should parents be starting to do this? I don't think ever is too early. And I've, you know, written, a, you know, quite a few blogs. I've sp I speak quite a lot about it. And I think as early as a child can start to do, do anything really, uh, you might have to show them and do it with them. Uh, then you might have to sort of, you've got to scaffold sometimes some of those things. So it's, it's very much, you know, from a very young age, you know, just simply getting and putting their toys away, for example, and showing them and doing it with them where it needs to go then letting them have a go while you're supervising and doing it themselves. And then the third stage really of that is then that they just do it naturally and it 
and it evolves. And that's really across the board with anything that I guess we're teaching our children around organisation in particular, showing them how to do something. Because I think often as parents, unfortunately, and, and even teachers sometimes I see this as well, that there's a lot of assumptions made that our kids just know how to do this and, and they don't. So some kids will get it a lot quicker than others, naturally, and some might need scaffolding for quite a while, and that's okay. So, for example, I had a parent a little while, oh, going back a few years now, say to me that her child was always last getting ready and dressed for, for PE and vice versa, getting dressed back into the school uniform. And it all turned out that that was because she really didn't know how to do it and what to do because her mother had been laying all her clothes out for her at home had been helping her get dressed, had really just virtually not physically done it, but, you know, basically done it for her. So we, we talked about, you know, going back to basics and, and showing her and teaching her so that then that wasn't be impacting, you know, in the sports, in the sports room, you know, at school. I think that that's a really interesting point that you raised there because I think that there's a lot of, uh, well, schools have a lot put on them as... <laughs> what are schools doing about this? How are schools going to fix this? And schools should be teaching, et cetera, et cetera. And what you're talking about is really basic life skills stuff that, that the main place that should be happening is in families. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that's, that's one of the, the, the key factors, you know, initially. And I think schools, schools obviously have a part to play in it and particularly around, you know, the education and the learning side of things and the academic uh, bits and pieces but I think a lot of the basic fundamentals yeah they do come from home and I think the earlier you can you know you can teach your children um, this the the better you know they are ultimately going to to be able to do things themselves one of my favorite quotes that I use regularly um, and it's by Anne Landers and it's it's not what you do for your children but what you've taught them to do for themselves that will make them successful human beings and I think that just sort of sums up really what we're, we're talking about now. And the more that you can do and assist them with that, I think is, is really, really important. When you're talking about scaffolding, Amanda, can you give some examples of what, say, a time management scaffold might look like for a parent to help their child with? Time management's a little bit different as opposed to organisation. And I guess just I'll just probably go back a step before I can really answer your question. One of the, the key fundamentals around time management is creating time awareness. So unfortunately these days, well, fortunately or unfortunately, it doesn't really matter, but our children are surrounded by digital uh, time. So they see the current time on all their devices. They don't see that time has a beginning a middle and an end. And to be able to manage time, you need to be able to see time. So that is one of the biggest struggles, I guess, we as a society are really dealing with when it comes to education around, around time management. Analog clocks still have a massive part to play. And when I ask this question amongst parents, very often they don't have analog clocks in their homes. So that is a challenge in itself. It's not about children being able to tell time, but it's being able to see that that time is passing. So an example, for instance, is if you've got a child that's spending an hour, you've said you can have an hour on your computer or your device, and you say to them, oh, you've got 10 minutes left, or you give them a five-minute warning or whatever it might be. It's like, I haven't had an hour. It's like, well, yes, you have. They don't see that that hour has passed. So that is the real challenge, and that's why 
I think we're, we're really struggling around, you know, around that, that concept. So I think it's a matter of going back to a lot of back to basics and, and sort of um, educating children uh, around, around that in particular that, that is really, really important. Uh, and I think the other, the other thing around that as well is when it comes to uh, time management, particularly for students, and I'm really talking more about obviously more secondary school students than, than primary school students at this point, but a lot of them don't use anything to manage their time. So there's no wonder we're getting a bit of that stress, anxiety and overwhelm because when I get a, like a lot of new students, I ask them, well, what do you use to manage your time? And it's, the answer is often nothing. Now, again, that links back to you can't see what you've got to do. You've got no concept of when it's due and when you've got to hand it in. So without seeing that, it becomes really difficult and challenging. So it's a matter of, as I said, almost going back to basics and, and you know, Again, and that's another, you know, real tool that I think students struggle with. And again, whether it's parents or teachers that need to, to work with their, their children on this, it's around how do you use a form of uh, a planner or electronic diary or, you know, whiteboard calendar or, or what have you. And again, because I think a lot of the time it's expected that children just know how to do that and how to use it effectively when, you know, they get issued their school diaries and, and often they have absolutely no idea and hence why they actually don't get used. They don't see, and they also don't see the benefit in it. So once they can actually see how it's helping, I think is, is really, really important. I think that, that competency around, you know, structured style, and I, I use that word deliberately because I do, you know, some of the work that I do is around um, competency and well, well-being and structured style is one of those uh, one of those key competencies. And I think it's one of those things um, that you can always come back to. There's always something more that can be learned around structured style uh, to top up the way in which you organise your time, the way you set yourself goals, the way you set yourself, you know, um, chunk down tasks so that they can be, they can be more manageable. Um, so there's all, there's never, never too much can be done, I believe, <laughs> in that, in that area. Um, are you seeing uh, particular types of um, apps being used? And, I, and I'm, I'm asking this deliberately because I'm not sure, always sure that an, the answer to everything is an app. Uh, are people using apps and, and other types of uh, software to actually manage um, their time, organise themselves and, and have better time management? Look, there's so many things out there and there are a variety of different apps out there now. Um, I studies, um, I think it's my homework. Like there's a, a variety of different ones that can, can assist students. And again, one of the key things around uh, using something is making sure it's going to work for them and they want to use it. And that's the other challenge again. And schools are finding this as well. You know, that's why, you know, they might issue paper diaries and only a third might use them because the other third, that really isn't suitable for them. So from my point of view, when I work with students and I do a lot of the one-on-one -on -one work, it's really asking lots of questions around, you know, and to ascertain what it is that they likely and, and would use. And now sometimes they might say, yeah, paper diary, and then they'll give that a go and it, it clearly isn't working for them. So it's a matter of then looking at what other options that there actually are that we could, you know, put into place. So it could be, as you said, apps. It could be 
going back to your electronic uh, electronic uh, calendar. One of the best ones I find electronically at the moment is Google Calendar, and particularly because you can add tasks, so they can see a list of everything that they've got to do in one place. And again, that's the that's the challenge with any planner that they use. They not only need to be able to see today, but they need to be able to see seven days or you know a fortnight ahead. And that's, that's the, the challenge because, again, children live in the now. Yeah. They live in today. They might know what's happening tomorrow and maybe another day or two if we're lucky. So they have no concept of, you know, anything further, further in time. So unfortunately, and this is what I often say to parents, you know, time management isn't, uh, isn't fully developed in, in a child until they're the age of about 25. So that's where, we, if you go back to answering your question earlier, which you actually posed about scaffolding, that's where it's really important to work with them and teach them all these sorts of things and the fundamentals so that then they know how to do these things. Now, naturally, with kids with learning challenges, it's even more complex, naturally. So we need to, you know, to perhaps work with them even, even more on these, these areas. Amanda, that's been fascinating. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you to our guest speaker. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Want to know more about this podcast and other VPC podcasts? Please visit the VPC website, vicparentscouncil.vic.edu.au and leave a review. We would also welcome you to contact us if you would like to be our guest or if you have a topic around parenting and education. Thank you to Melbourne singer Emma Sydney for her permission to use her soundtrack, Cherish. Until next time, thank you for listening.